White Sox. White Sox. Go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yeah. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is on Locked On Sox on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for making Locked On Sox your first listen every day. Locked On Sox is free and available on all platforms, including Locked on Socks on YouTube, 312-566-8727 for the voice messages or locked on socks at gmail.com for your emails. Chris Tannehill, how's it going? I'm doing well, Herb. You know, I had a big segment plan where I was going to outline Tony LaRusso's return and why he doesn't deserve to wear the managerial uniform. He doesn't deserve to throw on the baseball pants for another season. But we got so many great emails and phone calls. We don't have to do that show. I know you guys don't like those shows. It's only going to make people mad heading into a weekend. I had all my lists. I had all my sound, all the audio, building my case of all the mistakes that Tony made in 2021. But we don't have to do that show anymore. And it was reported yesterday, Paul Sullivan was at the Advocate Center. That's right, folks. Tony was hanging out with the Bulls. Tony went to go watch the Bulls practice at the Advocate Center and uh, just you know, nonchalantly threw out there, quote, oh yeah, I'm coming back. It happened right after the season was over, LaRusa told the Tribune. We're making plans, talking about next year. So it's done. There's nothing we could do about it. Tony's coming back for 2022. I'll say the same thing I said at the beginning of 2021. Tell me who the players on the field are going to be, and that's how I t- uh, that's how I feel about what the manager is going to be in 2022. But this was not a surprise, Herb. I don't think. Not at all. Um, I was expecting him to come back. He pretty much said that he'll come back. The players want him, and the players said all who spoke, uh, Tim Anderson and etc., said they want him back. Abreu said that they want him back. So this was expected i was expecting nothing else and like you were saying tell me who the players are tony for the most part can't mess it up as he didn't this year tried i mean (laughs) that's my point my point exactly even more yeah he tried but couldn't quite he may have ruined uh one of their best assets and one of the best trade pieces uh and turned him into a trade piece and craig craig kimbrell you know what do you think what do you think you said to the bulls uh, it's, are they winning right now against the Knicks? They are losing right now. You told, Knicks, as, yeah. we, as we record this, he's like, uh, guys, uh, stop with all that slam jam stuff. <laughs> slam Slammy jam, jam things. <laughs> Lay it up like uh, Bob Cousy used to. Yeah, shoot, shoot the free throw underhanded. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, he obviously told the Bulls to lose tonight. That's why they're losing. He's a great manager of people. Yeah. So Tony's back. I, I was upset about it, and I was going to go in on why it's a bad decision, but it's no use fighting it. It is mm-hmm. what it is. All we can do is is support the, the players on the field, provided that the team is better, and we'll roll with it. I, I think Tony earned at least the trust of the clubhouse at the end of the year, despite all the moments that I would have outlined today. I'll just say them. Uh, <laughs> the total 
screwing over of the Craig Kimbrell situation. He screwed the pooch on Craig Kimbrell. He had Liam Hendricks out there running the bases. He admitted early in the season that he was a stupid, lousy managing. That's lousy managing. Didn't know how to use his bullpen. And at the end of the year, he admits, well, Craig Kimbrell's a natural closer after not using him in that spot all year. All right, I'm done. That's it. That's it. Not not a fan, folks, but nothing I could do about it. Nothing I could say on a podcast is going to change that fate. So it is what it is. So what do you say we put that behind us, Herb, and we open up the bag after a short timeout? Should we do that? Let's do it. All right, we'll do that next here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car was ever gonna your car is ever gonna need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And you wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. Why would you do that when you've got a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket? There's many reasons why you should choose rockauto.com. Saving time and money is the very most important thing when you're shopping around. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even twice as much for the same parts from a chain store or, God forbid, your car dealership? RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving people like you and I for over 20 years. Do it yourselfers like us and professionals. Rock Auto's prices are always reliably low for every customer. They've got everything you could ever need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and do us a favor, write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, Herbie, shall we open the bag? Let's do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Oh, we love email, too. We love email, we love voicemail, and I tell you what, I tell you what, folks, during an off-season that's been really uneventful so far, your emails, your voicemails, your Twitter interactions, wait till we do a, a Twitter Q&A show. That's next, I think. Um, your We're going to host one of those uh, rooms? Maybe one day. You know what I say in the reads, Herb? Maybe one day you'll hear Locked on Socks in the Spotify green room. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> good luck with that. Um, yeah, your correspondence has been vital to uh, us doing shows this off season. So thank you very much to everyone who's reached out. Uh, keep them coming, folks. So we've had a lot of good ones so far, and you will hear some of those today. But if you're a Locked on White Sox podcast listener, how can you uh, get one of your emails or phone calls uh, showcased on the show here, Herbie? Either LockedOnStocks at gmail.com or... 312-566-8727 for your voice messages. All right. Well said. Uh, I think we've got it down pat this time uh, after how many times we've done this so far. I think 300 uh, plus times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's get right to it then, shall we? First email coming in is from Alex. Alex says this, my question for you today is in regards to a player who was present with the Sox during spring training but did not make the official roster for the regular season. My question is, in a what-if scenario, had the Sox taken on Jonathan Lucroy as the backup catcher to Grandal, do you think he would have been better, worse, or in the same situation come the end of the season? He didn't seem to do a terrible do terribly during spring training, but then again, the pressure in those games is non-existent. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this and hope you have a great day. Thank you. That is from Alex. 
All right, Herbie, what do you think? We've talked about this uh, uh, quite a bit, actually, over the course of the year, the role of the backup catcher. And I, I was very high on Jonathan Lucroy in the spring. Um, he was definitely a good talker. He got some good quotes. Remember, he's the one that said the Sox mm-hmm. have the Lamborghini staff. Um, I like that right out of the gate. But uh, what do you think about Alex's question here? Do you think the Sox would have been, uh, you know, both the Sox and Lucroy, do you think they would have been same, better, or worse had he been the guy uh, down the stretch there? And let's just say for, you know, shoits and giggles, the uh, the postseason, would they have been a better off team if Jonathan Lucroy was uh, the number two behind Grandal? I think slightly better. Um, a thing that I think we were both uh, surprised is that he got cut at spring training. We were like, I mean, I know I was surprised. I know you probably had him as your third catcher when we did that show. But I thought that he would 100%. I was like, oh, they signed Luke Hoy to be the backup. And he did well in spring training. Yeah. There's no problem here. And I think the White Sox overall would have been better. We got subpar catching both from the actual art of catching and from the hitting <laughs> from both of our backup catchers. They were terrible. And I don't know if Jonathan Lucroy would have been, you know, old Jonathan Lucroy, but I would assume that he still had something in him and he can frame. He's been doing much better on that lately. So I'm, uh, I was shocked that they, you know, remember I said on that show when they cut him, I was like, they must have faith in Zach Collins and Sebi Zavala. They must have really love these guys. So God bless. And so we saw the season and that was terrible. Those guys were horrible. Yeah. If you're wondering how horrible, um, Zach Collins was a negative uh, 0.5 wins above replacement and Sebi Zavala was a negative 0.2 wins above replacement. So, you know, that's two guys, uh, negative uh, 0.7, almost a, you know, one, Uh, negative one war here for the season for your backup catchers. That's not good, folks. And Jonathan Lucroy, look, devil's advocate here. Jonathan Lucroy, you know, after the White Sox cut him, he went on to the Nationals. He played in only five games, uh, only 14 plate appearances. And then he goes over to the Braves. So that's another reason why you should root for uh, the Braves in the World Series. Jonathan Lucroy, who will get a ring. (laughs) Um, But he played in two games with the Braves, nine plate appearances, and then he was cut there also. Uh, he had a 357. Excuse me. Yeah, he had a 357 OBP with Washington, and then a 200 OBP with with Atlanta. So I don't know what's going on here with Lucroy and why. You know, other teams obviously saw what we saw to pick him up, and I don't know what happened there. I don't know the logistics of this. You know, it would be helpful to have someone who was covering those teams. Like maybe he was just there just to to, to bridge the gap with someone coming off the IL or something like that. So I don't know what happened there and why. They moved on from him so quickly, but maybe they saw what the White Sox saw, and they're like, you know what, we're we're good on this. We don't need this. You know, I always thought Jonathan Lucroy was get, all he had to do is, is catch the ball and be a good defensive catcher, and and if he can give you anything offensively, that would be a plus. Uh, sadly, Zach Collins could not really do either of those things, and Sebi did one of those two things for a while, and then he started to regress a little bit, which is which was really concerning. One of the things you look at the 2021 Sox, but uh, I would tend to agree. Just the the fact that if you had Grandal in a DH role in that postseason series with with uh, Jonathan Lucroy behind the plate, you know, I, I think they would have been in a better off position. Now it could be marginal, maybe it doesn't matter in the big picture, but we certainly saw at times in that series against the Astros where they definitely had a game plan and they were trying to take advantage of the White Sox uh, run game or the, their lack of ability to, to put keep the run game in check. And a lot of that is on the pitcher. 
lot mm-hmm. of that is on the catcher as well. So, but I do think Lucroy would have been a better option there. And we were saying it during the season, like, what's Jonathan Lucroy doing? How many times did I ask that question? He's just on a couch somewhere. Like, you know, hey, let's get him in here. Like when, when we saw things get really bad. So, uh, yeah, man. But uh, but alas, you know, I thought going going back to the spring training, I thought Lucroy would have been the third catcher. I thought they were going to keep three catchers on the roster, and you would see that, you know. Um, but it was not the case, and uh, it's, it's an area they still need to improve. So how about that? You, you had four catchers on your roster entering spring training in 2021, and now uh, you, you have one and you need another one. So that's that's not good, folks. I guess it just goes to show you it's a tough position uh, in today's modern game. Like there, There's not many guys who can do both, who can uh, you know field the position well and hit well. And, you know, the look at the Astros. They've got a, a guy who does only one of those things, you know, and they're content with that. So I guess that goes to show you how it is across baseball. But, you know, I, I think what we do know now, Herb, is the importance of that position. And you need a guy back there who can frame it up, who can keep the run game at bay, and who is going to be able to catch those breaking balls in the dirt. I think we, we, we learned that lesson, so hopefully the Sox can – uh, make an aggressive push towards someone like Martin Maldonado in the offseason. I think that's our one big takeaway here is the Sox don't have any of those answers in-house, right? No, absolutely not. And Martin Maldonado, I was just thinking about it. He might have priced himself out, and also he's a starter now. So he's probably going back up Grandal. No. If you give me 130 games, I'll say yeah. If you gave me that promise and Grandal go in DH, but – starting for the Houston Astros who might win the World Series. And I know they probably would go for a cheaper option. I don't know if they have something coming up the pipeline, but because his backup is old Jason Castro. So they might just re-sign him. So I would just love to get any guy back there, like the prototypical backup catcher, all glove, no no um, uh, hating. <laughs> just give me that guy. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, you know, I think the Astros will be able to afford him. Did you see that photo that was tweeted from the World Series the other day with the prices of the team merchandise? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it was, yeah. So they'll, they'll have a little extra revenue coming in. I'm, I'm so glad that teams are making their money back after their losses, the, the biblical losses of 2020. Uh, it, what it, we worry about in a pandemic, the billionaires and the millionaires. Yeah, exactly. It warms the cockles. Lo- losses. It warms the cockles of my heart. Can I say hard on the podcast? All right. Uh, let's switch it up here. Let's get to the Locked on White Sox voicemail line, 312-566-8727. Let's see who we have checking in here today. How you doing, Herb and Chris? First of all, congratulations on 350 episodes. That's incredible. Boom, boom, boom. This is Kevin from Aurora. Um, so. First, a couple of things I wanted to say about the White Sox. Um, number one, do you think it's just going to take a couple of times of us going to the playoffs in order for us to win? You look at the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Braves, you know, the Astros winning five straight ALDSs. Is it going to take us going to the playoffs four, five, six times in 10 years to kind of push us over the edge. Are we just seeing the beginning of that? You get in a couple of times, you kind of get your feet wet, you understand, you know, what it takes to be a champion. Uh, maybe we ne- make the playoffs the next couple of years and then we get out in the first round, we go to the second round, and then maybe in three, four years we eventually win the World Series. Do you think that's what it takes, or do you think we can tweak this whole thing and win the World Series? That's my first question. Number two, <laughs> conspiracy theory. I know you guys love those. Um, Dallas, Dallas Keiko, who is a gold, gold glove finalist. Um, I also think what he did was he was pissed off that he didn't make the team. So what does he do? He sits at home. He gives his buddy Altuve a call 
he gives his buddy, uh, you know, uh, Dusty Brighton. Baker a call, and he says, hey, guys, here's all the signs they have just to get back at them. I think Dallas sabotaged us. That's why they beat us so bad. Conspiracy theory Chicago over here. Don't mind at all being called crazy, but that's what I think happened. Go White Sox. Oh. And congrats again on 350 episodes. Bye. Thank you. Recording in progress. <laughs> there we go. I had to make sure we were recording the backup uh, for the backup. Yeah, man. I I like that call, Kevin from Aurora. I love a good uh, conspiracy theory, false flag. Dallas Kegel, uh gave the signs away. It was a false flag operation. Uh, <laughs> put the magnet up to your arm. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Where do you want to begin here? That was a, that was a really solid phone call. Uh, whenever it gives you it gives us something to think about uh, after the show's done and that conspiracy theory, but also the concept of. Uh, what it takes to be a winner. Where where should we begin here, Herbie, with that with that great phone call from Kevin? Um, just the winner aspect. If I understand his co- uh, question correctly, I think yeah. As many times as you get into the playoffs, that builds like a callus, like where if you don't get to the your said goals, you're in the off season. Like I can't I can't get that taste and not get to the ultimate goal. You know that every time you go, you're like I gotta I gotta win it. And it sets you up for the next year. And I think making the playoffs two times in a row for the White Sox, it has a hunger for all these guys. They're disappointed. I know they're disappointed last year coming into this year. And it didn't turn out to go too well. But, hey, man, just continue to chop wood. Every time you get in the playoffs, you could see right now, we got a team that is a wild card team. Oh no, AL 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 West <laughs> champion. Sorry, and an NL West NL East champion, a team that was way out of it, and a team that had their star pitcher and their star right fielder out. They're in the World Series right now, so you know anything can happen. Anything can happen once you get in, and I think uh, the White Sox are well um, on their way if they have a good offseason and we can play baseball next year for winning uh, a couple championships coming up. Yeah, Not the whole, you know, maybe AL championships and then maybe a one World Series, which I'll be fine with. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there um, in terms of the, the calluses that postseason baseball builds up. I think it does harden you as a baseball player and as an organization. It does. It makes you a little gives you the little salt and pepper, a little a little edge. Like, you know, you, th- you look at things differently. I'm assuming mm-hmm. the Sox, when they roll into spring training in 2022, they said all the right things at the beginning of this spring in 2021. We want to win a World Series. We want to win a ring. You know, uh, we're the best team in the American League, right? So Yeah, fuck it. We're the best team in the American League. No, not really. Uh, it didn't uh, end up that way. But I think that'll that does build character, and I don't think there's going to be a guy in that locker room who is going to be uh, – messing around here in 2022 because you get that's a grind of a season man and to go through that and to have it end that way like you that that's got to give you some perspective if you're a baseball player and i'm just looking at the list of world series champions we know 2020 the dodgers the, what they went through you know mm-hmm. it was the, the dodgers you know the was you know the nlcs was the los angeles dodgers invitational only for them to get bounced more often than not spending all the money in the world with the best farm mm-hmm. system in the world didn't guarantee them a, a, a damn thing here until they finally won one in the fluke year but they'll take it you know exactly. they'll, they'll remember that one forever so i'm not knocking them on that but it's, it goes to show you sometimes how you know things play out in the nationals the year before them how many years did they grind it out in the postseason, losing it to teams like the Cubs when they were good and other teams that were there, despite having a really good ball club year in and year out, you know, um, Red Sox always in the mix, you know, but you know, they, theirs was not guaranteed to them. You know, uh, they still had to wait, 
uh, because, you know, after getting bounced by the Astros, I believe it was, who won the year before in 2017 with a little bit of help. Uh, and then the Cubs is always the case whenever I looked at the White Sox. Like, I always saw similarities there. Like, the Cubs, they were only in once in 2015, and then they blitzed through the entire league the year after. And I always hoped in my mind that that's how the White Sox were going to do They got their little taste in 2020, and they got enough experience to know what they needed, what it, what it took to win, and then they were just going to be able to cruise right through it. But granted, the, the Cubs had some big-time free agent acquisitions uh, heading into 2016 and other key components that they were missing in 15. Um, they didn't have John Lackey, one of the first guys that comes to mind, and he was not a big factor in the postseason, but he helped them, I think, establish their, their identity and their character. Um, Zobrist was mm-hmm. not there in, in, in 15. He was winning a World Series with the Royals. He helped them. He was their World Series MVP. Um, other guys I think of, you know, Jason Hayward, granted, you know, you can say what you want about the speech he gave and how he wasn't good, uh, and they're still paying that money, but he provided a superb right field defense for them all year long. So they, they added a lot of parts from 15 to 16 that allowed them to make that jump combined with the experience that they got in 15. So I think, you know, there's always nuance to this. And I think if the White Sox add the, the right mix of players, that's the thing. It can't always just be throw money at, at problems, but you have to have the right mix, the right character guys, the right guys to fit, and, and guys that can be versatile in a, in a bunch of different roles, and guys who are just they want to win, right? So mm-hmm. I, I think there is something to to the question, and, and I agree with you. I think you you can only gain from a, a bitter postseason experience. I think you know that no one wants to go through that again. So they're all going to work in the offseason, try to figure out. What can we do better to win a baseball game, especially a tight baseball game? And I think hopefully you'll see the Sox do better at that. Maybe they don't, you know, the, the division I think is still going to be a cakewalk uh, as long as they're. Who do you think is going to get better? Tigers, man. Tigers are going to be there. You're, next you're year. a believer, huh? I am. My, my I, thing is, will they throw money and supplement the roster? Like they've got a nice young core and they got a nice young pitching staff. Still um, got pizza money, right? I know that dude died, <laughs> but still got pizza money. Well, that's the thing. Like a different, you know, Illich family, but different philosophy. It's no longer the crazy rich dying guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, so it's a little bit different. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, if you're a believer that what the Tigers did uh, the last, you know, few months of the season, if you believe that was a real indicator, and look, they are well managed. Uh, by A.J. Hinch. like that, that is one thing that we learned also in 2021, that A.J. Hinch is a pretty damn good manager. And I had my reservations. We talked about him when we did our managerial breakdowns heading into tw- in the season. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what? I don't know much about it, this A.J. Hinch guy. We have to question everything we know about him because of what the Astros did. But I think he proved that he's a pretty damn good manager and the White Sox were correct in pursuing him. You know, and I, it would have muddied a whole lot of waters morally. But they would have, uh, you know, won the same amount of games, if not more, with AJ Hinch. I think people would have forgotten. But yeah, man, it's a lot, a lot, a lot at play here. But I think they can gain from that postseason experience without a doubt. Now let's let's get to the meat of this call, huh? Uh, the Dallas Keuchel conspiracy theory that Dallas Keuchel was so upset at uh, at being left off the postseason roster that he gave, uh, you know, intel. He was he was Cointel Pro uh, for the Houston Astros, and he gave the signs and. Um, yeah, you know what? It's funny. Uh, Dallas must have been telling the Astros hitters that, oh, yeah, the, our relievers are going to walk you. Our starters are not going to go very deep in the game. He must have gave away all the stock secrets. They're not going to hit any home runs. And then here's Jose Altuve writing it down. Oh, shit. Oh, let me, let me, let me, let me write all this down right here. I love that theory, though. I love, uh, I love where his head is at. Uh, Dallas, yeah, man. Ugh. 
I don't know. What do we think? You think there's any validity to to that phone call there, Dallas? Uh, I, I would love to just say, <laughs> yeah, man, it sounds good because it's, it's plausible. But I wouldn't put Dallas in that situation and put on public record that I say that Dallas is <laughs> throwing. I know it's a joke and stuff like that. But yeah, like, goodness gracious, he's like still loyal. That I did joke at the time, like I felt like. He was like, oh, guys, I love you so much. Here's a fastball down the middle, 85 <laughs> miles per hour. Yeah. Like he just got rocked down there. And I was like, is he like, is he like telegraphing him? Like, is he allowing them to hit all the hits they got? I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. But I don't know, man. Hey, he it- just fell off the table this year. And so like the guy that was here last year was just maybe the fraudulent one. Or do you think? That guy's coming back in 2022. Well, the look, 2020, the guy. 2020 version of him was way better than any of us expected. You talk about a, a fluke season uh, on, on all accounts, you know, not not a fluke because you still got to go out there and win games. And I, I still think, you you know, things for the White Sox, they they were able to build on things that happened. And, and I wouldn't well, trade top five in uh, Cy Young, too. Yeah, I wouldn't trade that experience in 2020 for any of those players. But I shouldn't say fluke. I should say very small sample size. I don't think anyone would expect Dallas to duplicate that in 2021, and he didn't. Remember when we had to talk about, I think we were doing our predictions and in ways the Sox maybe would be closer to the under in win total. Like That was one of our big concerns with Dallas Keuchel uh, duplicate his 2020, and obviously he did not. But, yeah, man, I, I obviously he's not happy, but we can't sit out here and say Dallas Keuchel was giving them signs. But one thing I do find funny, though, is like, oh, Lance McCullers, like that's his little – that's his protege right there, right? That's that's his that's his little brother, and he taught him everything he knows. But why does Lance McCullers know more about spinning a fastball than Dallas Keuchel? Apparently, why is he better if he learned from Dallas? <laughs> you know, uh, why is he miss bats and Dallas Keuchel throws two contact? These are the questions that I really would like answered on Lockdown White Sox, but. Yeah, man. Um, I think maybe, hopefully, for Dallas in 2022, he'll be one of those guys armed with the spray charts. Like, hey, you want to get better? You know, make sure he's got the backing of his general manager. And like, look, look at the look at these look at these spray charts. Look where they're hitting the ball. Look where our fielders were aligned. And you know, help me out here just a little bit. Like, yeah. we learned about the Braves how they decided. You know, Matt Spiegel was talking about this the other day. The Braves decided to change up their defensive strategy in the middle of a damn homestand. They were just like, "Hey, this isn't working. Won't can we try this?" And I love that conversation of how they how they approach the Braves manager uh, Snitker, right? Yeah. So Brian Snitker. Brian Snitker. Hey Brian, um, you know like how we're losing? We're losing uh, right now, Brian. Yeah. Uh, do you want to not lose as much? Maybe. Yeah, I'm open to it. Well, here is these spray charts. Oh, damn charts again. Yeah, but trust me, you'll Sabermatics. like you'll like these charts. Uh, all right. Might as well give it a shot. I don't know why he sounds like Lou Brown from Major League now, but that's what they did in the middle of a homestand, and they went from one of the worst shifting teams or one of the least uh, shifting teams to one of the teams that shifted the most, and it paid dividends for them along with acquiring key assets at the trade deadline. So it's never one thing, but if 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 a team can do it in the middle of a homestand, why don't the Sox just experiment during Dallas Keuchel starts? Do, start from there and see if you notice a difference. I think that would be – uh, a good way to to integrate it into what the White Sox are doing. I think that's a fair call. You'd be doing your veteran a solid. You're you're trying to protect that financial investment, which right now doesn't look so good, uh, and and maybe try to bring your team into the current century. But yeah, man. Uh, hopefully for uh, Dallas, it's a bounce back season in 2022. We'll preview tomorrow's show next here on Locked On White Sox. 
Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. They're back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season, even more props and odds and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Checking out the lines for tomorrow night's matchup between Houston and Atlanta. Right now, the Braves sitting at plus 180, over under set at 8.5 in this game, number three in the fall classic, Houston and Atlanta. Audibling over to football. Right now, Bears, 49ers. Bears are getting four at home over under set at 39 and a half. It's all right there for you. If you want to have a little extra fun while you're watching games this Sunday, head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, that does it for this episode of Locked on White Sox. Sorry for the tardiness today, but there is a part two coming around lunchtime tomorrow afternoon. We'll get into that mailbag. We've got a great breakdown of 2022's road schedule, places you may want to circle if you're a traveling White Sox fan. We'll figure out why Cincinnati may not be the worst city in the Midwest. And we'll get a little bit of clarity behind one of our Locked on White Sox mysteries uh, from one of our emailers last week. So, so for my partner, Herb Lawrence, I'm Chris Tannehill. We'll be back tomorrow at lunchtime. That's Lunch with Locked on Sox on Locked on White Sox.